What's good, everybody? And this week's episode is brought to you guys by our amazing partners at Skillshare. Skillshare is a one-of-a-kind learning community where you can learn all types of amazing skills, whether creative, entrepreneur, design, and so much more. Guys, you're going to love this episode. There's so much free game given on this episode, but the biggest thing is you guys need to level up and get on these skills, and that's what Skillshare does for you. It has so many classes from web design to Photoshop to Premiere, and there's so many things that you can learn today. And the best part, guys, that it is absolutely free. There's two free months of Skillshare Premium. Yes, that is two free months right now. Use the offer code Roommates at checkout. Go to Skillshare.com. Use the offer code Roommates. You get two free months. Learn a bunch of skills. Level up. Be able to get more resources. Be able to, you know, learn more creative things to make yourself not only more competitive in the market, but to create a better life for yourself. One more time, guys. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates. You will not regret it. And let's go ahead and hop into this week's episode. This week on the Roommates Podcast. Pussy and money. Okay. This is the the equalizer. Mm -hmm. This is what comes in. Women use pussy, vagina, Mm -hmm. to say, oh, I got him with this sex, Mm. right? Men use money. Yeah. So money is this equalizer. Men get access to women that they would never have access to because of money. That's so true. Women do it because men will sleep with just about anything. That's true. And especially if it's private or secret and no one has to know. Mm -hmm. So I've seen women who are fives. Yeah. But they're sleeping with a dude who's a nine. Yeah. She's got these ridiculous standards because she actually thinks this means that a man on that level would be with her, Mm. but he would never be with her. He's Mm. just using her for sex, but she thinks because her vagina has Mm. given her access Mm. to these men here that this is the new standard. Men, money. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Afis, and welcome back. I know you guys have been enjoying my interview series. As I said in a previous two interviews, I am doing my series called Lessons I Wish My Big Brother Taught Me About Women. Episodes drop every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we got a lot of amazing people who've helped join us to give you guys some great, amazing gems. And if I'm going to get anybody on this podcast to help you guys learn about women. We have to bring in the queen herself. Guys, I have never seen one person with such a high approval rating amongst men around the world. She is a breath of fresh air. She is beautiful. She is wise. Please, guys, welcome back to the show, the one and only Rebecca Lynn Pope. Thank you. You're over here making me blush. I'm like, wow, what an intro. You're so beautiful. Thank you so much for no having problem. me. No problem. No problem. Rebecca, so what's so so I think we we were now were talking about before we got on, like I it blows my mind how many guys are in love with you. <laughs> and like like it, your message, <laughs> your message like really captivated so many people. I've never seen so many spin-off videos from yeah. guys praising an individual like they praise you in your videos yeah i hafiz i think it i i don't i it's not like i intentionally set out to say oh let me say things that resonate with men Mm -hmm. it's just i think that i've had a unique experience in my life journey Mm -hmm. to be able to get to know a lot of men a lot of women 
to where I'm not as biased one way or the mm -hmm. other. Yeah. I just kind of analyze and observe, and then I make my observations based on how I see men, how I see women, and just kind of what I see going on. Yeah. And then I just tell the truth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, that's very unique, though, because to be honest, the reason I have those perspectives is from matchmaking mm -hmm. and dating coaching and love coaching to where you're in, you know, you're seeing both sides of everything. So it's more of a balanced look. Whereas your average man or your average woman only sees it from their perspective, yeah. and it's really hard to understand the opposite sex. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what gives me such a different perspective, mm -hmm. yeah. um, is, is having the experiences yeah. of interviewing men, interviewing women, getting to know thousands of men, thousands of women in my database from matchmaking, from everything. And it was just like, but I didn't realize that I was a really mm -hmm. unique perspective until yeah. my videos started like wait a minute and like you to your point i think it's more that men don't hear women mm. talk the way i talk or the with the perspective that i give because i kind of have more insight yeah. into men because of all of the the interaction so i don't know <laughs> yeah i i didn't like i said i didn't set out to do that it's just kind of like hey whoa you know yeah. i have a lot of men that that tune in and follow so no definitely and i know before we jump into the good stuff i know that you know you're like really going hard on youtube and i yeah. i really love that and i i want you guys to know first and foremost i need you to hit the subscribe button yes on my youtube channel and hit the bell after you hit the subscribe button on the roommate's YouTube and hit the bell, I'm going to need you guys to go to Rebecca Lynn's YouTube channel. If you are on your computer, your laptop, open a new tab. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you're on your phone, you can, you can open the search button while yeah. watching the video. Type in Rebecca Lynn Pope. I'm going to need you guys to go ahead and subscribe to her channel. Thank hit you. the bell. I need those subscriptions up, guys. Yeah. Go ahead and subscribe right now. I'm going to give you guys about 10 seconds to go and subscribe to Rebecca's <laughs> channel. We're not going to get started until you make it happen. We are back, guys. I hope you guys have subscribed and you didn't just waste the past 10 seconds sitting around <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. Right. <laughs> but Rebecca, I, I really I really enjoyed what you just shared. Okay. Because I think sometimes as individuals who talk a lot about dating relationships, mm -hmm. the average commenter doesn't understand the encyclopedia of information that we that, that people like you have. Right. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about dating relationships, they talk about it either from their own personal experience yes. or the experience of their friends, right? Yes. But like you, as a dating coach, you're actually um, previously dating coach. Right. And you're actually meeting hundreds, if not thousands of women and men. You're exactly. researching, you're doing all these. like, And so I think a lot of people think that those who are at the top of their field are just people who just speculate and sharing ideas. But now this is like... Yeah. Hours upon hours of research. A lot of years yes. of experience, a lot of years of putting people on dates mm -hmm. and getting the feedback, the yeah. people going on dates and analyzing what they do when they're going on dates, what they do wrong, what mm -hmm. they do right. Yeah. Um, the insight that most people wouldn't know, um, you know, you put someone on a date. And let's just say the female was the client and the, the man is, is the, the scheduled date. And then he give, would give me feedback mm -hmm. on his feelings and about the date, about her, about what she looked like, her everything, yeah, yeah. personality, spirit. 
And so there was just this, a lot of like insight into what people really think, like when they're having experiences or going on dates and all that feedback that as a normal person, you're never going to get that feedback. Mm. No one's ever going to tell you what they're really thinking. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, so be doing that from both a female and male perspective, the women would tell me what they were really thinking about the men. The men would tell me what they were really thinking about the women. And I was like, (laughs) wow. Oh, women and men are so different. You know, this is, this is when I learned how women put so much priority on things that men don't care about. Mm. And men are like caring about things that it's, it's more simple, like for them, like women are all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like it's so many different priorities and men are just like, yeah, I was just looking at her boobs the whole time. (laughs) You know, she just looked good. And I was just thinking about how good she looked and she's talking about her dreams and goals and, you know, her degrees (laughs) and everything else. And I'm just like, it's, it's just funny. You know, it's just because we are such, we are, we have so much in common, but we are so different. Mm. God has made us just so different. Now, that's a great point. And and one thing that, man, there's so much I want to get into with you, but some of it's going to be redundant from the last one, but I think okay. people need to hear this again. I What I've noticed is that in today's climate, I'm not sure if you've noticed it or not with just even like your abundant life um, coaches, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of animosity between men and women. Yes, like, very much. I, like, I, and I, I've always said in both camps is wrong. Yes. Like the extreme, all women are this, all men are this. Like there's a lot yes. of animosity going on between men and women. Yes. From your personal experience and just from your analysis, what do you think a lot of that comes from? Well, I'll say this. I, I was on a YouTube video doing a live video one time and I guess a man came on who wasn't really familiar with me and he's like, oh, you're bashing men. And and like my followers who are on the video are like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? She does not bash men. She doesn't bash anybody. She's very fair yeah, about, yeah. you know, how she looks at things. Um, but I think what's really hard is that we have a couple generations now that have come out of very traditional um, relationships I'm talking about traditional gender roles. I'm talking about there's there's been a revolution in in how all of this works per se, right? And the rules have kind of gotten thrown out the door. And in the meantime, you know, I think it's kind of like human nature that you want there to be boundaries. You want there to be a rule book, a method. You want there to be some some understanding of how it's supposed to work and the previous generations had that they they had kind of like a man does this a woman does this a man does that a woman does this and and those gender roles and and then when you look at finances and you look at uh the traditional gender roles for men around being a provider and the breadwinner and um and the protector you know and you and then the woman's the nurturer and the caretaker and she's the mother and she's raising the children well you can just throw all that shit right <laughs> out the window right yeah. like that's guys we're not there anymore we're mm. just not there but then what happens is that people pick and choose um, their traditions that they want to hold on to. And then so they're throwing some things to the wind, but, oh, I still want to be courted. Mm-hmm. And then men are throwing yeah. some things to the wind, and but they're like, uh, but I still want her to be uh, nurturing. And mm-hmm. I want her to stroke my ego. And I want her to be... but. So people are creating all their own rules to these things, be trying to figure it out, trying to to 
see what works for them, but it's like this big experiment. Mm. And in the meantime, people are getting hurt. So you're having all these experiences because people are dating and dating and dating and dating and sleeping with each other. And just, you're trying this and you're trying that. And in the meantime, our egos are so fragile that it can take one or two experiences of rejection, of ridicule, criticism, or you really, really like someone who doesn't like you, which is part of life. But previously, there wasn't this level of dating. Mm. There wasn't before technology and before these apps and before social media and before all this. You didn't have all these seeming options. You know, you didn't have all this this people and profiles at your fingertips where you're just looking through a catalog of people like you're choosing clothes or shoes, mm-hmm. you know? And so on the one hand, there's a de- everybody's been desensitized to people being human beings. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, people are having too many experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happening is that there's a whole lot less connection, a whole lot more... Um, rejection, abuse, um, a whole lot more situations that cause people to feel that the opposite sex is like this or like that. Mm -hmm. But it's just really that person, Mm -hmm. you know, that woman hurt you. You don't want to say the whole one of the things that I look at often and I hear men say because men are hurting and they'll be like, women are this, women are, women are gold diggers, women are this, hypergamy, blah, 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 all this stuff that men talk about constantly. And my, my response to that is, but I'm not like that. Mm, yeah. And a lot of women I know aren't like that. So you had a few experiences, but then the whole, a whole gender becomes this or categorized as this or that. And I think that's where a lot of the pain comes in and a lot of the aggression between women and men, between the sexes. It's one or two experiences. People are so sensitive and they're hurting. And it's not just relationships. There's already so much toxic baggage from people's childhoods Mm. and their issues and then men and women in the dating situations just layer this stuff on top of it, and it just becomes this aggression and bitterness and anger and, you know, just in general. And yeah. it's like, but that's that's everyone's personal responsibility to heal mm. themselves um, because what I notice the most is that people have negative mindsets about men and dating and women And I would say that was something when I was dating that made me very different Mm. than your average single person. Um, As a woman, I never had any issues with dating Mm -hmm. because my mindset was there's a gazillion great men. And then my outlook was like a million great Mm -hmm. men. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I go, if I get on a dating app, I'm just like, oh my God, this is like a smorgasbord of men. Like, and, and there, but, but I'm, I'm different, Mm -hmm. right? I'm built different. I think different. Um, I'm I'm a pretty nerd. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the what I'm looking for, what I want is different than I realize a lot of women. And so, you know, I had no problem dating because I could 
meet a man that I'm just like, oh, you know, he's he's so smart and he's so cool. And maybe he was a nerd, too, though. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. that's what I liked yeah. because I'm a nerd. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, um, it's it's like toxic levels of pain and baggage that's just growing and growing. And, and it's just but it's not really just about men and women. It's about moms and dads. You know, it's, it's about trauma. It's Mm -hmm. about a lot of stuff. When, when I do healing classes, um, Hafiz, the amount of pain that people are in and it's right beneath the surface, like right beneath these smiles Mm -hmm. and pretty faces and, and all these people you're meeting, there is, so much trauma and yeah. so many issues that go unspoken and people just think they're okay because they've moved on and they're just going throughout their life because I have a job I'm I'm healed because yeah. you know I went to college because I have these degrees I'm okay that doesn't mean you're okay that's true there's a lot of pain and trauma that will be affecting how you view things and affecting your current behavior from something that could have happened to you when you were 7 years old now that's really good I absolutely love that point because that the generalization based upon human experiences is a problem. And you see it in everything, right? Yep. I think the, the simplest example is 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. A few Muslim terrorists came and hijacked a plane. Right. And then everybody, if you were on a plane and you saw a Muslim and say, alhamdulillah, you know what I mean? Like All, of a all sudden, Muslims are terrorists. Exactly. And then the same thing, people with... Obviously, with black Americans, they yes. saw a few black Americans on the news being exactly. criminals. They saw Same these things. Thing. So, so a lot of, we as human beings, we do a lot of generalization. Generalization. Right? Yes. And obviously, there's like biological reasons to why we maybe have those tendencies, but at the end of the day, they're wrong. Yeah. So, what I've seen is that like a few women and a few men, they're, they're date people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in life, you're going to come across bad people. Yeah, or just people who aren't compatible, people who just don't like you like that. Exactly. And that's part of life, guys. Yes. Like, I mean, if you're single right now, you have got to toughen up. Mm. Because to at, one of the things I say so often is that true love, real love is rare. So you're going to kiss some frogs. Mm. You're going to, yeah. you know, you're going to meet people. You're going to like them. They don't like you. They're going to like you. You don't like them. It, and you're going to go through that dance yeah. until you meet one special person where it clicks and it's mutual. But you've got to be patient through that process because if you're going to be dating, it's rare to meet mutual yeah. interests. That's so good. And let's hold that idea because I want to go backwards and I want to I talk about that because you talked about that in a previous video. But like, like you were saying, like, and, and I think what happens is when people have those negative experiences, whether it's a failure, whether it's pain, whatever it is, mm-hmm. then they look for validation. They, yes. look, they try to figure out, why did this happen to me? Right. Then they go on the internet and they yes. hear other people yes. who this thing has happened to them as well. Yes. And then now it confirms what you believe. Oh, yes. you know, like that's a very big on the manosphere, right? Yes. A guy ha- gets hurt by a girl, then all of a sudden he hears about ten other guys. Now that's the law. Now it's the fact. It's the it's the rule. It, a theory became fact. Exactly. And now it's like they everything they look at is through that lens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like putting on these goggles, and now everything you see because that's the mindset, mm. and everything is dictated by your mindset. Yeah. If you believe something. Everything you see is put through that filter and it's going to fit your narrative. Yeah. That's just the, the, that's the way our minds work. No, I love that point. And to go back to your point about this video I saw from you, I love this video. I forgot what it was called. But in this video, you were, you were sharing your, your point you made initially about like you have to 
I think you said if you date a hundred guys. Yes. Um, I think the number was like, say, if I dated a hundred guys, maybe five of them really yes. like me. And out of those five that really like me, maybe one I also really like. Exactly. And it's like Rebecca's beautiful, intelligent, confident, successful. We get into all her, you know, yes. accolades later. But it's like she's at even me. And I think a lot of people yep. don't know that. They literally don't, they know, don't that know that how rare it is to find someone where you generally connect with. So when I was single. I was single for nine years before I met my husband, before I remarried. And in my dating experience, this is how I came to these, these truths. You know, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a really good woman. You know, I, I'm not, I'm easy on the eyes, you know, okay, wait a minute, you know, and I would meet someone and, and here's the thing. Everybody has typically had an experience where someone was absolutely crazy about you, right? Mm. Whether you like them or not. Okay. There, somebody that just was just into you like you are their cup of tea Mm -hmm. you're you're everything to them Mm -hmm. and what i think people don't do is they don't understand that that is the level of interest it's going to take for something to work for it to really click it's Mm. just you feel the same way about them right and so you go through these dating experiences and so because i had a couple of experiences you know that where i had been loved you know my ex-husband loved me and when I started dating, a couple people would meet crazy about me. It wasn't mutual, so it didn't work out. But I had this point of reference mm. to say, this is how a man acts when he's absolutely into you. Mm. And then as I'm meeting more people, what you have to do is set your ego to the side and stop trying to make people who don't like you like you. Mm-hmm. I'm just either your cup of tea or I'm not. And mm. it's really not that complicated because men especially know this very early on. Yeah. They, you're either their thing <laughs> or you're not. Yeah. They either like freckles. There's, you know, they, yeah. everybody has their preferences. They have yeah. all these little things that they like. And I'll never forget. I met a man I really liked yeah. and it took me a second because the ego mm. is wants to, wants you to think that anyone you like is going to like you. Yeah. That's the ego. And after a couple weeks, I was kind of like, one day, I was like, wait a minute. He's not really into me (laughs) the way I'm into him. He doesn't call back as fast as I do. He doesn't text back as fast as I do. He's not trying to set more dates with me as quickly as... The, the men who were really interested yeah, in me, yeah, who yeah. are occupying all my time, they'll see you on a Tuesday and ask you what you're doing on Thursday, right? <laughs> yeah. They're trying to lock yeah, you yeah, down, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. And our, and our next date, I, I, I didn't put on that I knew this. I just, this is how I learned all this stuff, yeah. right? I, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, I remember I heard you, um, I, you know, I knew a lot of people in Atlanta, so Atlanta's small to mm-hmm. me. And I would say, I heard you used to date so-and-so. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, she's cool, whatever. And I was like, oh, and you you mentioned, like, how your ex-wife looked. What did your ex-wife look like? Mm-hmm. And and he pulls out a photo of his ex-wife and shows me what, because we were cool. Like, yeah, I would yeah, be yeah. friends yeah, with yeah. people I date. I mean, we're just cool. Yeah. And he showed me the picture of her, and the girl he had dated that I knew of and his wife looked exactly alike. Oh, it was his type. And that was his type. And they were both like really high yellow, mm. kind of like this curly, kind of like mm. Latina yeah, yeah, type yeah. hair. Yeah, Dominican type hair. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that real curly kind of mixed hair, mm-hmm. um, kind of like more slender than mm. me, less curvy. Okay, okay. And I was like, 
Got it. <laughs> Got it. And so towards yeah. the end of the date, I said, you know, you really have a type. And he was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I said, you like this light skin. Da, 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 da. He's like, yeah, you know, because yeah. men would get really comfortable with me because I was so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I said, but that's not what I look like. Mm. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he caught, you know, it got away from him. You know what I'm saying? He didn't realize it, but he yeah. was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I done yeah. messed up. Yeah. And I was like, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. But from that point forward, we were just friends mm. and he knew I had backed off yeah. because it was like, I just don't do it for you. Mm. So here's one thing I, I say. As a man, individually, you're handsome. You're wonderful. You could be ruggedly handsome. You could be whatever. I mean, you're uniquely made by God and someone will love you just for who you are. As a woman, you are uniquely beautiful just as you are and someone will love you for who you are. But you may not be their kind of pretty. Yeah. You may not be their kind of handsome. Like I'm still pretty. That doesn't take anything away from me. That's good. But I'm not God didn't make me light skin with Latina hair and yeah, look yeah. like model thin. Yeah. I'm a curvy little, you know, caramel girl. Yeah, yeah. And I, and that's what I look like. So anybody who likes caramel girls who are curvy, yeah. I'm your kind of pretty. Yeah. But you're not going to be everybody's yeah. cup of tea. And I think beginning to make that awareness in your mind instead of thinking like, and instead of being so fragile mm. and sensitive to where he doesn't like me. What it, and, and this is where it goes back to trauma mm. and pain. Because if you already have trauma and you already have issues with rejection or not feeling worthy, which most people do. Yeah. I hear it all the time from women. My dad wasn't around. If, if he'd been around, I would have more self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. Yeah. I've had clients who have had Incredible fathers still deal with low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I have absentee fathers yeah. from clients, and they, they think they're because their dad wasn't around, that's why they have issues. Mm. You could have had your daddy, yeah. and you're still going to have issues. Mm. It's just life, yeah. you know? It's just life. And so instead of internalizing it like it's rejection, it's like they are entitled to their preferences. Yeah, Everyone's entitled to their preferences. Now, with him... I think he regretted it like, oh God, you know, I'd include her in. <laughs> yeah. But it 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 was it organically he couldn't make himself like me just because I was cool. Yeah. Just because I'm pretty. I'm still don't do it for him. Yeah. No, that's so that's so amazing. And that point is something I came to realize, and I feel like a lot of people never get there. Because they don't like get you there. said, People internalize it. They make it about me. Personal. And and I love what you said because like there's always I'm out to nerd myself out. So, like, there's a, there was this popular TV show um, called Fairly Odd Parents on Nickelodeon. Yeah, People yeah. who are young adults, they know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. And the main character's name is Timmy Turner. Mm-hmm. And Timmy Turner was in love with this girl named Trixie, Trixie Lang. Uh-huh. She was beautiful. She was attractive. And he was head over heels for Trixie. Right. And she barely knew his name. She called him, like, Pink Hat. Like, she didn't know who he was. Right, right. But then there was a girl named Trudy who was in love with Timmy. He paid her no attention. No attention. No attention whatsoever. And for most people, they don't realize, like, that's that's life. That's there's, life. There's people who really like you, and you don't like them as much. Yes. And there's people that you're probably going to really like who they're not going to like you as much. And the same way, because you don't like person A, doesn't mean that person A is invaluable. If they don't like you, doesn't mean that it you're not valuable. It does not, not detract from your value, not one ounce. Mm. Your value is still exactly the same. Yeah no matter who likes you or who doesn't like you. And one of the things that I think is crucial too is that, you know, I'm 45 and this, this has to be said Go ahead. at 25, 
you have there there's a mindset in tw- your 20s like you can have the world. Anyone you like is going to like you, mm. you know, because you deserve it. Because, you mm. know, because God's going to bless me with the desires of my heart. <laughs> and, and but what happens is that God changes your desires. Mm. So then he can give you what you really want. But what you really want has to change. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is that with maturity, right, you be your your tastes change. Mm. Have enough experiences. Yeah. Keep chasing what it is you your preferences are. But if your preference, this is how you know your preferences might be off a little and it's not good for you. Okay. If you keep going after your preferences and you keep getting hurt and your preferences don't like you, yeah. it's time to evaluate <laughs> your ego and your preferences. Because that's not working out too good for you. Mm. And some people just have exaggerated preferences. Mm. Um, that are not realistic. Yes. And then that's how you keep getting hurt and, and keep not connecting with people because it's it's just not... Because as people mature, this is where other things become more important, right? Mm. Okay, I really like freckles and she doesn't have freckles, but she is so sweet and yeah. she is so fun. And, and she is my best friend mm-hmm. and she loves me unconditionally and she's still sexy and she's, you know... Okay, she doesn't have freckles, I can deal with that because all these other things, intrinsic value and personality and character and virtues begin to take more precedence and priority over some of these superficial preferences that don't matter in the long run. No, that's so good. And then the last thing I want to, I want to jump back before we move forward. Okay. The point that you brought up about how you have to go through a lot of, like dating, I always said, I once dated a girl, and I don't consider her my ex-girlfriend. I mm-hmm. consider her a girl I dated in the past. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, we didn't fail. Mm-hmm. Like, the purpose of it was to, like, spend time, get to know each other, yeah. see if we spend the rest of our life together. The answer was no. Was no. Right. It, it was successful. The experiment was successful. Right. And, but I never internalized it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, my story is I was rejected all the time. Right, <laughs> like, right. I was rejected left right. and right. I have so many stories. I thought she was it. She wasn't. I thought she was it. She wasn't. And and I went through so much, but I never once internalized yeah. all women. Like, something's wrong with me or yeah. something's wrong with women. Exactly. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's kind of a little more complicated than yeah. that. It's like chemistry and connection is, is so rare. You know, it <sighs> that's so important. I for mean, to if you think it. about it, like Huffies, if you went on 10 dates, yeah, I need 100. Yeah, if you went on 100 dates, okay. right? If you went on 100 dates and 90 of them you were super attracted to, 10 of them you were kind of like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, she's okay, but I'll, I'll see if this could be something. Then, how many of them actually really is there connection or feeling that's like true. there's any depth there or it could be anything more? It's a fraction mm. of that number. It's yeah. it, and that just goes back to how complicated we are as human beings. There's there's when I met my husband, one of the first things that stood out to me, and this is this is something I, I don't know if it's just unique to me, but I had dated, and one of the things that was always missing for me was a spiritual connection. Mm. Um, and I have spiritual gifts. I come from uh, families that comes from ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would gauge when I would first meet someone kind of like their depth of spirituality. How much can I talk about God yeah. without f- them looking at me like I'm a freak? <laughs> How yeah. much can I talk about my spiritual gifts without them looking at me like I'm crazy? Um, and so when I met my husband, 
we had the same upbringing. We had the same spiritual background. We had the same understanding of God and the same, we were on the same wavelength as far as our our spirituality. And that was something for me that was like, (laughs) oh my God, I don't have to compartmentalize this part of me because you know, everybody loves the businesswoman Rebecca. Everyone loves yeah. the, you know, driven Rebecca and yeah. this like sweet Rebecca. Yeah. But no one really knew the spiritual Rebecca. That's real. And I had been compartmentalizing, I had been compartmentalizing that in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, afraid of rejection, afraid that someone will judge me or ridicule me or think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of PKs mm-hmm. go through that, yes. right? Not wanting to be seen as the church girl, as the the preacher's kid, as the crazy little religious yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, But when I met my husband, it was like a kindred spirit. It was like he knew he was PK kid. He was literally like everything all the way back was just like so common. And I was like, and he <sighs> felt like home. So it was like I had been dating, thinking, oh, I need this, I want this, I want that, all my preferences. And then here I met this person who was like not fitting all this other stuff I thought was so important, but he fit this other really big thing that I was very unaware of that I was missing. And I and one of the things I say about dating is that God has a way of fitting your needs that you don't even know you have. And then when you meet the right person, it's like this puzzle piece that kind of fits in. And yeah. I'm like, I couldn't have prayed for this. I couldn't, I couldn't have listed these things because I didn't even know I needed it, That's if good. that makes sense, that makes right? Sense. Like there's not enough level of self-awareness to recognize um, on deeper levels what is truly compatible with you in order for you to be your best. And when I met my husband, it was just like this click, like this puzzle piece that was like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. this is amazing. Like, I didn't even know that I needed this. This is great. Yeah. So it was just, it just clicked. And to me, when it really dawned on me was, like, if people ask themselves, how many best friends do you have? Right. Like, how many people do you meet? That's a perfect You know what example. I mean? And like, Oh, how- I will be using that. <laughs> Go ahead. You can have I will it. be using that going <laughs> forward. Know? That is a perfect example. Yeah, so it's like, look how many people do you meet and how many do you really connect with? Not people yes. who are just co-workers or just because you're yes. the same, but like, like you intimately connect with and you want that, that is so good. with the sexual chemistry. Yes. So the, be- the platonic friend is this challenging. Yes. Now you want that with the sexual connection chemistry. Exactly. So how rare would that really be? That is such a great analogy. That is such a great way to put it because um, one of the things I'm, I'm really intentional about my friendships. I, um, I will meet someone. I'm, I'm, first of all, I don't have a lot of friends that my inner circle is really tiny. Um, but when I meet someone, a kindred spirit, a giving big heart, I, I literally, um, I have a friend, Dr. Jada, and I met her and literally in the first couple months I met her, I said, she's going to be my friend. <laughs> and she didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a very strategic, intentional person, just like I was with my husband. <laughs> First date, oh, he, oh, he, but he about to be <laughs> snatched up. Yeah, he don't yeah, know yeah, it, yeah, I'm, yeah. but I'm very intentional yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Like if I meet, I'm, I realize that, you know, everyone isn't going to be a connection. Everyone isn't going to be right for you. Um, but especially for very big hearted 
big, giving, loving people. When you meet other people like that, you yeah. have to hold on to them because they're rare. And like I, I told her later on when we become friends, mm-hmm. I said, I, I intentionally said that she was going to be my friend mm. and chose her as yeah. my friend. And she's like, what? Mm. Like, really? Yeah. I'm like, yup. Very intentional. And because I feel like if we have that level of strategy about our lives, it would make us appreciate the the kind of people that come. You're more aware when you have gone through that that analysis and that process of recognizing the type of people you want in your life Um, versus kind of like just following along with desires, just following along with preferences. Just It's like the type of people that make your life better, the type of people like literally my husband makes me a better Rebecca. Mm-hmm. You have to be very intentional about that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, so your point, being best friends, yeah, you can have a lot of associates and a lot of friends, but very few are best friends. Yes. But if you can be real intentional about choosing them, yeah, all yeah. the better. You'll have much better experiences. Definitely. If you're choosy and picky like that. Exactly. So one of the one of the reasons I did my my the video series that I'm working on is mm-hmm. a lot of guys, especially today, I feel like a lot of guys were lied to about women the same way a lot of women were lied to about men. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do a series to like I'm ter- I'm about to be 30 in a couple of months. So mm-hmm. it's like these are my entire 20s. I learned a lot. I made a lot of right. mistakes. I want to share these things with men. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that women today are completely different from what men were raised to think women are like. And so in, in your opinion, yeah. from interacting with a lot of young women today, what do you feel like they want out of life? And how would you describe them for guys who may not interact with women as much? Well... Now, granted, I can't paint with a really broad paintbrush. From Rebecca's personal experience, guys. Right. (laughs) I'm just going to say it's hard. You can't make generalizations like complete generalizations. Um, But I would say that the majority of young women, if they're not super Christian and religious, Mm -hmm. okay, because religious women are still trying to go by very traditional stereotypical gender roles and expectations, even though they are not traditional (laughs) by definition living in 2020, you know? Um, But outside of that, I would say that they're still looking for the fairy tale, you know? They're, They're still looking for their knight in shining armor. They're still looking for that protector and that lover, um, who they feel safe with there's they're looking for a best friend mm-hmm. um i think that I, i'll just i'll just be blunt go ahead i think before you're 30 or even 35 you don't know what the hell you want mm-hmm. and i think people if you're in your 20s and even early 30s and you're out here dating like you want to get married i would say hang that up like really don't even go there. Like you're getting to know yourself um, and you're having, you're gaining experience in life experience and learning what's real and what's not real. Like you can fall in love at 25 and think it's the love of your life, but you have nothing to compare that with. So you think it's this, it's everything. It's not because you, you just, you, you lack experience. You're naive to what really is needed in a healthy, mature relationship for it to work. And you just 
saw a pretty girl and oh, you know, she's it because she's sweet and she's so pretty and she's and you're just sprung. So now you think you're this is gonna be a long term relationship and you're gonna get married. Yeah, there's so much more that goes into a successful relationship beyond just being in love or beyond just, you know, liking someone. So I would say that that's first of all, I would say if you are in your 20s or early 30s, that I wouldn't even be recommending people get married. So my question to you, and this goes into a whole other subject matter, but I want to go here. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that advice... I agree with that to an extent for men. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that advice is applicable for women as well? Yes. Okay. So, all right. And this is where the elephant in the room has to come out. In in your personal experience, you talked about it before. What do you feel like men desire in women? Men desire a safe place. Okay. Men are out in the world feeling like they're... Because of a man's nature, it's like this constant competition, this constant pressure to perform, this constant pressure to produce, um, to compete, to... There's just these standards that men have, whether it's real or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just part of like our call it culture, society. I don't know who made these rules, but at the end of the day, men feel a lot of pressure to um, be certain things. And... When it comes to a woman, they want a place where they don't have to be all those things. Place of peace. Peace. You're wanting someone who can love you for who you are, like the real you. No matter what face you put on mm -hmm. to the world when you walk out that door to have to conquer the world every day, at home you want to be able to be vulnerable, real, that she knows you in and out and still loves you and respects you. And, um, and that goes back to like best friends. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, best friends really do love each other in spite of flaws and imperfections is like, you know, you still, you, it doesn't change the love. It yeah. doesn't change how you esteem them. You're mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, you know, she's wonderful. You know, all their flaws and everything, but you don't, it's not, there's no judgment. Yeah. No judgment. And even if there is judgment, it's like there's compassion and understanding because you, you know them and understand them, know how they think, you know why they made the choices they made. Yeah. So there's compassion and understanding. And I think at the end of the day, um, the thing my husband has said to me is that what he appreciated about me is that I would, I, early on when we first got married, I said, I love you for you. Yeah. Just you. Yeah. You don't have to be apostle. You don't have mm. to be all these titles and everything. I just love you for you. Yeah. And that for him was, I think, like a breath of fresh air. Like, yeah. okay, I can relax a little because yeah. she loves me for me and I can be me mm -hmm. and not have to worry that she's judging me or going to leave me or thinking that I'm to this or to that. Um, because men go through a lot of posturing there's a lot that goes on in your mind that makes you feel like you've got to be this, 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 and this. And even in your closest relationships, there's so much posturing um, in feeling like you you want you don't want someone to think badly of you. You don't Definitely. want someone to disres be disrespectful or or just look at you as if you're you're not a good man or you're not a strong man or a real man or whatever. And so. I didn't realize how much that played yeah, into no, a man's psyche. It's definitely. a very predominant 
um, pressure mm-hmm. that's there kind of like constantly for men in every area performing, whether it's money, sex, yeah. uh, power, titles, the car you drive. I mean, you it plays into every single choice that a man <laughs> makes yeah, in yeah, life, yeah, yeah. like real talk. And yeah. I didn't realize that men were really built like that until I really like paid a lot of attention to my husband and listened to him a lot. No, that makes perfect sense. And so the reason why I asked you that question is that for, that component of being a person of peace, I think, is so essential. And I think that, to me, is the essence of femininity, right? Yeah. And which a, which a mother brings to a child, like yes. that peace, that security, yes. that, that Safe. safety, that relaxation, that, like... The world is not um, trying to attack me here. Sanctuary. Sanctuary, perfect. Yeah. And so that that is a very good spiritual component. And I always say attraction is a threefolded thing. There's physical, mm-hmm. um, there's emotional, which is character, and then right. spiritual the connection, all those great virtues. But then there's like the reality where I feel as though a lot of women, and you've talked about it, they don't understand what men are looking for mm-hmm. in a woman because mm-hmm. they think men are looking for in a woman what they're looking for in a man. Yes. And you talked about it previously. Like you said, like a woman will say, you know, I have degrees. I have yes. this job. I have this amount of money. And so therefore, I think the man is looking for those things. Yeah. And so the reason why I, I brought, it, brought this all up is because I wonder, I feel like men physically look for three things. Well, two things. I think it's like this beauty component mm-hmm. and this and this femininity component. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the challenge is, <laughs> that's where I'm going to get in trouble. I think the challenge is, is like when a lot of women later on in life, they don't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes challenging to be 34 and to be look and to be looking for a husband mm-hmm. versus to be 25 and to be looking for a husband. I think this, yeah. I think it's a bit more challenging. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? So the way you get around that is for women, you always date older men. Okay. Because then you're always the younger woman. Mm-hmm. So if you're 30, you should be dating somebody 35, 40, 45. Mm-hmm. Yes. If, if, if women always would be dating older, she's always younger and hotter mm-hmm. because the man is older. Yeah. So that's how you get around that Makes at sense. all times. You're not trying to date someone your own age because 35-year-old mm-hmm. man and a 35-year-old woman, he's he wants more of the 25-year-old, mm-hmm. the 28-year-old, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so you just get around that dynamic by by women dating older. That way she's always still the younger woman. And how do you feel about women who are offended by that? They're they're they're, they're offended by this idea that, you know, men prefer younger women. Mm, I think that it's like our biology. Mm. You know, if you go back to just how we're made, how we're created, there's a there's a biological drive at play in things. You know, our nature is still at play. Um, you know, men are still driven, whether they realize it or not, by, you know, a sexual drive to procreate. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, they're looking for a younger woman who could have a child. And at the end of the day, you may not realize that plays into why you like younger women, but there is a nature element to things, right? That's still on a very fundamental animal nature to Mm -hmm. say, I'm going to pick a woman who can give me the best children and and procreate. Um, So there's like biological pressures at play that are just back there subconsciously pushing things. And it's just very traditional, believe it or not. I mean, it's really rare that you see marriages or relationships between 
people who are the same age. Mm -hmm. Men and women mature and develop at such different rates and in different ways. It's not even really a fit. I mean, you take, I listened to my son, he's 26. My 26 year old son compared to a 26 year old woman. (laughs) I love my baby. (laughs) I like to do it like that. (laughs) I love my baby. Okay. Like, so in other words, I have a son who's almost your age, right? And I listened to him. And I would think about myself at the same age as him. And I'm like, dang, women are very different. <laughs> women mature emotionally and spiritually much faster than women, you think, than men. You think so? Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yes, they do. So like, for instance, like at 26, if there was a, um, a woman who wanted to marry my son right now, I would be looking at her like, boo boo, girl, you don't want to do this. He is not ready for this. What are you talking about? Marriage? Yeah, yeah. He, he's just figuring out how to take care of himself. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So it, I think that, you know, with the differences in age, it's like, um, just accepting that men do like younger women, but there's, it shouldn't be offensive to women because yeah. at, any, at any age as a woman, there's always older men who like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the problem comes in when women are wanting the sexy, fine young guy that's the same age as her or whatever, and he's still liking somebody 10 years younger. Now she feels like somehow she's missing out on something that she really wants because he doesn't want her. Mm. That's where the problem comes in. Um, But as far as like waiting, I think waiting is a trend. You know, we're starting to see people getting married later. Yes. Settling down later. That is true. And I think that's good. I think that's good too, Rebecca. And so here's my my only pushback on this. I think that's really good. But my challenge is that to one of two things happens. And you're very unique as a woman. This is why I think men really, really love hearing from you. This Mm -hmm. is my personal experience, my generalizing all women. You're unique because... You were able to, and we'll talk more about it as we get into the podcast, about your experiences, to never internalize and grow bitter, resentful towards men. And what I've, what yeah. I've realized is, in my personal experience, the modern woman has, by the time she gets to her late 20s, she's very bitter and resentful, and I don't mm. need a man, and I don't need this and that. Yeah. But the, the, the rea- I see that. And, but the unfortunate, the thing about men is that, we as men literally can't live without women. Like right. we cannot, we need it. Like there's so many guys who can get divorced. Women wife can take half their money, be on uh, alimony and they're still getting married. Like something about men is like, no matter what, yeah. obviously it's ext- extremists, like the MGTOW yeah. guys who are like, I don't want women or whatever, but eventually it gets to a point where a man will always get yeah. back in the dating market. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've seen is that a lot of women, by the time they get into their later twenties, they're not even interested in guys anymore. And they're not yeah. even interested in dating. And so hmm. now all of a sudden you have this whole generation of women who are just like, I just want to be cool auntie instead of ever being a mom. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a lot of the women I meet or the women I hear from. They're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. They're still trying to figure out men so that they can have a successful relationship. So you feel like you meet a lot of optimistic women in their late 20s, early 30s? I'm not saying optimistic. Okay. I'm saying they still want love. Yeah. They want love. Yes. That's, I will say that. Now, I will say that, well, and it goes both ways. I think at the end of the day, you've got a lot of people who, through their experiences, and, and you know, honestly, if he's, what this goes back to 
is that there are these preconceived notions of how all of this is supposed to work. Mm. And so people, it's back to expectations, right? You have these false expectations like you're talking about men how they don't they're not really realistic about women because how they were raised to think of women it doesn't fit now Mm -hmm. and it's the same with women like you know what they're thinking how it's supposed to work and how it's supposed to go it's it doesn't go that way and so everyone's like frustrated and Mm -hmm. angry and hurt because on both sides it's just not working the way they think it's it's supposed to work and one of the things i'll say to that is adjust Mm. We're not in 1955. Mm -hmm. This is 2020. Adjust. If people would begin to date from the perspective of partnership, who is going to be a great partner for my life? Who's going to be compatible with my life? Which goes back to why I'm saying settling down at a little bit of a more mature age. Of course. Because it takes time to know who you are. I agree with you 100%. And, and the reason I don't think getting married young is going to work anymore for people is because... What is young? Give me an age range for young. Women 20 to 27. Okay. Men 20 to 35. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, this is another reason why younger marriages are going to struggle okay. because now there's this perception of options and it's this, this, per, this perception. We didn't, you didn't have that in our parents and grandparents generation. They didn't have all these technology and these people at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what you have is, is what you've got. But then, you know, you, you see Miss Parker across the street who's gorgeous, but that's about the extent, you know, yeah. the coworker who's, who's cute. You know, of course, there's pressures to cheat and everything. But nowadays, people don't stick in relationships and marriages because there's this perception like they can do better. Mm. I don't, I, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> I can do better than this. I don't have to put up with this. Well, boo boo, I'm sorry. You're more than likely probably not going to do better than the person you're in a relationship with right now. You're better off working through the issues and growing. We have a marriage counselor. I have my own therapist. Carrie has his own therapist. We also have coaches for different goals and areas in our life where we're working on. That's a lot of help, guys. Like we, we are not doing this well in isolation, in a bubble. We are doing well because we have help. We have neutral people that help us navigate difficult situations. We have experts and professionals who are experienced and knowledgeable and spiritually gifted. And nowadays to have a successful relationship and not be drawn out of your relationship or attracted or the grass is greener or you need help. Mm. Like if you don't have a therapist, everybody needs a therapist. I don't care who you are, you need a therapist. People, I, I've met some of the most amazing people in the world, but you know what? They still got issues. Mm-hmm. And then those issues pour over into relationships. And so at the end of the day, when you get married young, I would hate to be like 25 right now. Yeah. I mean, it, you, the ego, everything's feeding the ego, mm-hmm. Hafiz. Everything, social media, dating, everything. It's like you're trying to be the best looking, you're trying to be popular on Instagram and get likes, and you're try- there's just so much pressure. And that plays into relationships as well, because you, you start, you really, they said in, uh, there was this research I read about Instagram um, that said, like, even the way the apps are set up to where you're doing this scrolling, yeah. and it's just this, psychologically, 
when you see all these people, it feels like options because what does that feel like? It feels like you're shopping for a dress. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're shopping for some Jordans. It feels like, well, and then you stop and see something you like and you decide whether you're going to purchase it or not. Mm. So you stop on the profile that is really attractive to you. That doesn't mean that's a real option for you. That's true. And then when you're married, there's always other people in your ear trying to get at you, trying to talk like, oh, I would be this. I would, mm-hmm. do, you know, you deserve this. And, oh, are you the kind of man, honey, I would do everything. I would lick your toes. You know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. always going to be that stuff. And yeah. so it takes maturity and yeah. experience to get to the point where you're like, no, what I got at home yeah. who really loves me and is holding me down and has been here through thick and thin, this has value. You don't go out here and find this on every other corner, every other app to say, Oh, you know, someone who's going to really be committed to me. It's the huge, I think at the end of the day, what we're dealing with is a fallout of social media and the fallout of just ego, just being and narcissism and, and just everything running rampant. And everyone is just looking to feed these, this egotistical, feelings of what they feel they deserve and want in order to be goals to people who don't know you and could care less about you but you want to be able to post these these posts on in these pictures on instagram and everything else no i i agree and i i agree a hundred thousand percent with the idea that at you have to come to a a point where you know yourself yes you have to come to a point of Somewhat, no one's perfect, but emotional, spiritual stability. And obviously, you're way more likely to be there at 29 than 20. But I, I, so I agree with the spiritual, emotional maturity part that needs to happen later on in life. I think what's going on today is that, similar to what you're saying, the, the American, the typical person's Ego is fragile, but also their spirit is very fragile. Yes. And I hate to pick on women, but I see this a lot more in women mm-hmm. than in men. Okay. Like I've always said each person has like a breakup limit before they like F the world. Oh, right? right, right. Some people like I can get I got rejected like 50, 70 times. So I'm men I'm, take a lot more rejection than women. Exactly. So, a lot more rejection. So I think men are a little bit more used to the rejection. Yeah. So not when, as much anymore. Yeah, not yeah, definitely, definitely. Because technology has definitely lessened how tough men have to be. Definitely. Because you used to have to walk up to a woman. Yeah. You ever, have you ever walked up to someone? That's all I do, Rebecca. You, do, you can play a player. No, you can no, play a player. No, no. Okay, I'm retired, it's coming I'm retired, out. I'm retired. No, but I'm saying, like, I'll, I'll never forget, I was doing this sales job, and you had to walk up to people, like, cold yeah. and talk to them. Man, that shit is hard. Yes, yes. Like, that's one of the things that gave me perspective about men. I'm like, do you understand how much balls you have to have to walk up to someone who doesn't know you, you don't know them, you just think she's pretty, and you're like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Without her rejecting you or looking at you like you're a fool or yeah. you crazy. I try to tell women that all the time. Do you understand how much courage it takes to walk up to a woman in today's society and try to start strike up a conversation and get her phone number? Yeah. No wonder they're sitting behind apps, yeah. sending messages, instant messaging, inboxing, all that, because that is so much easier than in person yeah. walking up to someone. Ooh, I don't, like, I, it, I'm telling you, it, that's rough. It's rough. And, and so, man, that's so good. I want to jump on that and go backwards. The reason I learned that's probably what helps me with the podcast. So when I was really young, you know, like my 18 years old, I had like 
big friends, right? My, my friends' older brothers who were like the savage kind of guy. Not right, like a bad right. thing, but like they, but would, they would, don't care. They'll talk to any girl. That, they have this confidence, you know what I mean? They broke, staying with the mom, but all time confidence. Like, hey, boo, what's <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah. Hey, Shawty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, mom was good. They were from New York. Yeah, and exactly. So, and so, bold. <laughs> super bold. And so I learned that skill and that's why with the yeah. podcast I was able to be successful a lot of people I got on I just went up to them and asked them right you know we right. walked up to a lot of people and just should have asked them so I had that skill so I agree with you 110% that a lot of guys aren't tough but what I've realized is that like a lot of people when they go through one or two yeah. breakups because most we call them relationships and dating, but, but they're really not. marriages. Yeah, they're really marriages. We we don't have the title, but they're really marriages. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people when they experience that, they're just done, yeah. and they get bitter and they get cynical. And especially yeah. what I've noticed from women, they become less feminine. Yeah, they toughen up. Yes, and so my yeah. big thing is that it's not. I've always said, in my personal opinion, it's not the age. Yeah, that detracts women from getting relationships. It's what happens as they age. Yeah, and and I'll and, and I'll tell you this. Yeah, and and it's something that I've I've come to realize in the years of coaching and healing. Like ninety five percent of the women that I have worked with and encountered have been sexually molested, mm. raped, f- abused mm. in some way by a man, and that's my real statistic. Okay, like. To the point, Hefe's, that I don't think that men quite understand what a lot of women and young women have experienced um, that they are not admitting or they're not even acknowledging or they're not. I mean, Hafiz, I could pull 10 women off the street right now and I would bet you eight of them mm. have been molested or abused in some way. And so you've got a lot of women who go into their 20s and 30s and they've got, okay, and I'll say this point blank. I've never been molested. Mm -hmm. I've never been raped. Mm -hmm. I had a daddy that watched me like a hawk. Mm -hmm. I was not allowed to spend the night at anyone's house. Mm -hmm. I was not. So there was like this protection, Mm -hmm. right? Because my dad was very aware of what can happen to little girls. Mm-hmm. And and he would tell me, you yeah. know, men may, will do this. Men may say this. Men may, you know, and I'm like, oh, God. You know, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I can't be alone with, no, don't be alone with a man. Don't yeah. get alone, you know, be careful. Um, but a lot of women had did not have that mm. type of protection. And there's a, there's a fragility. There's a, uh, there's so, there's so much trauma that I'll give you examples. I've had clients come to me, they're having problems with relationships and dating. I take them through one of my courses or through my course, which includes these healing modules. And they find, they, they had a re- repressed memory of being raped when they were 10. Mm. That they, their mind blocked it out because as a child, it was too much for their mind to handle, mm. and it, your your brain has a way of trying to protect you. And literally, this is where repression comes from. Mm. And then in my in the healing modules, it comes up. Mm. It comes up. Oh my god, Rebecca, how? Oh my god. And now we have to begin to heal these wounds that they weren't even aware of. Yeah. Right. That's when it's repressed. Some people know. I had a client. She was raped by her brother when she was six. Sheesh. 
Becca, it's kind of getting heavy. <laughs> Guys, this is what yeah. we're, this is real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And her issues with men and dating, she had no connection in her mind to her yeah. issues with men and dating to abuse when she was six years old. Oh, this is good. There's no, there was a total disconnect. And every single client I've had where there is molestation or trauma around sexual abuse or even verbal and emotional abuse, there is literally a complete disconnect to the issues they're having currently with what happened in their childhood. Mm. And I'm all, and I'm sitting there like as the coach and therapist, like you, you don't think yeah. that that has affected your psyche, that that's affected the, the logic that your little child brain made back at those times and the con- trying to connect the dots and the defense mechanisms that were put in place to cope with this, you don't think that's affecting you now at 30? Yeah. Hafiz, a lot of the women that you guys are meeting and that you're interacting with are traumatized. Yeah. And one of the things you can ask a woman Ask her about her childhood. Yeah, no, I I definitely do that. And I definitely, I I really appreciate you you sharing that because that's the healing component is, especially in the black community, is it's, yes. it's the biggest thing that a lot of people are not discussing because it's an epidemic yeah. that is literally beneath the radar. Yeah. People are not talking about this. I had a I was in a healing, doing a healing class Wednesday night, had 50 coaches in my training. One of the coaches made the observation because in the in this healing class we talk about everyone's talking about their pain and the things that are the hardest for them to overcome when they're going through my training, and one coach said because she's never been molested or raped she says I did not know that so many black women have been raped or molested. So real quick, for the, for people who are a little bit pushing back on this, do you believe? Because there's like two theories, right? The theory is that men are evil and they commit a lot of evil to women. Or do you believe that there's a, there's, most men are good, but there is a, there is a small, major, small minority who does the majority of the hurt? Which, which one are you leaning towards? Give me your gut. What does your gut tell you? My gut is that men are hurting too. Okay. And that this vicious cycle, where do you say it begins and ends? Because you've got men who have been abused and men who are angry, and you've got men who are sexually abusive due to anger and issues out of their childhood. And so this is just a vicious cycle of pain. Mm -hmm. Would I say that, you know, it's like the majority of men, no. But I would say there's enough of these men that do these things. Like a large minority? A very large minority. Um, Hafiz, I have clients who have babies by their fathers. Yeah. And I'm not talking like here or there. I'm talking about large numbers of... But it's secrets. It, it Nobody knows about these things. Like... You've got fathers sleeping with their daughters. Mm-hmm. My freshman, uh, my freshman year of college, my roommate, she admitted her father was, had been having sex with her since she was like ten years old. Oh wow! And I'm sitting there at like eighteen, like what? Huh? Yeah. And and this is there's so much going on in our society 
where this stuff is, like I say, it's beneath the radar. Nobody talks about this stuff. And so even if it's not sexual, you've got a lot of dysfunctional people having children who are then in turn verbally and emotionally abusing children, which can be almost as devastating as physical abuse and sexual abuse. So you've got, you know, in, in general, you're just talking about, I would say in general as a population, there's very few really truly healed people walking around. Mm-hmm. People who have done the inner work to overcome the issues and traumas that they've experienced in their journey. And because of that, you've just got people meeting each other and hurting each other more and more and more. So when it comes to women, I, I would I would say... I pro- it's probably true is would be my answer that the women you're encountering guys probably by the time they're 30 it's all coming to a head and they're dealing with so much toxic baggage and pain because you have to remember you know healing and therapy and all this stuff now that's becoming trendy this is new yeah you know our parents didn't do this mm-hmm. our grandparents didn't do this mm-hmm. like you know so understanding that most people you're going to meet have got some really deep rooted issues and pain that they are not even aware of. That's what you have to be aware of is that they're not aware of it. No, that's really good. And, and so I want to touch on the sexual one. I want to touch, I want to go most of them. I want to move to the next, um, similar to what we were saying, like as a man, I have no authority in regards to, justifying, disregarding uh, a woman's sexual trauma. And so for me, I, I, you know, relinquish any intelligence I have to women like you. But okay, let me say this though. It is every single woman's responsibility to heal herself after these things have happened because no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to rescue you. No one's coming to make it all right. You're not going to meet a man. It's not his responsibility to heal you. It's not his responsibility Carrie and I have a thing with each other. We say, it's not my responsibility to make you happy, which is why we both have therapists, right? It's my responsibility to be the best Rebecca that I can be and to deal with my own issues so I can be the best partner to Carrie. So one of the things that I think that men can do is... First of all, hold yourself accountable. Lead by example. You have a therapist. You have a counselor. You get the help you need to work through your own issues because everyone has issues. Don't think you don't have issues and you're fine. You get the help. Then when you meet women, you've got to be able to hold them accountable too because you could lead by example and say, I have a therapist. You have a therapist? Oh, you don't have a therapist? If someone doesn't have a counselor, you need to be raising your eyebrows like, "Mm." We'll what, see. What would you What would you say to people who say they can't afford it in this current season of life they're in? Maybe because of the, the, the situation going on, right? You know? If they don't have employee programs yeah, like, or they, anything like they that, want, they they genuinely want one. Like for example, like when I would go to therapy in the past, like some people charge a hundred dollars, two hundred, four hundred dollars an hour. So the yeah. average American living paycheck to paycheck, they may not be able to. Yeah, they may not be able to afford it. I would say this. I I really believe in this. If you are intentional about anything anything. You really want it for yourself. First of all, you're going to begin the journey of self-healing. You're going to start to buy books 
You're going to, it's going to lead you to meditation. It's going to lead you to self-awareness. It's going to leave you, lead you to introspection. You will manifest a counselor for yourself. Somebody that wants to help you and work with you at so minimum. Do you, do you feel like the counselor has to be professional? Do you, do you think no, it could be like a I, mentor or somebody? I think it could be a mentor. I think it could be a coach. Yeah. I think anybody with enough uh, life experience and anybody who's a healer. Yeah. There's a lot of healers who are not licensed therapists, yes. right? I mean, there, there's just people in general, ministry, there's people in ministry who are healers. You know, you can find healers in kind of like a lot of different walks of life, like but that. you can manifest it, you know, a healer into your life to help you get the healing that you need. Anybody can do that at any given time by making up their mind, I'm going to heal. Yeah. I, I'm going to heal. I'm going to do the work that is necessary. Um, Carrie will say to me often, it's like... There was a point in our marriage where I was like, you get a therapist or else. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I you get, said that to you or you said it to I him? I said it to him. Okay. <laughs> because it was like, we both came into our marriage with previous experiences, previous baggage and all this. And it's like, I, we both have to do our work. Mm -hmm. You can't put that on me because I can't heal you. You're my husband. You're my partner. Even though I'm a healer. Even yeah. though I'm a coach, I can't heal you because you're not going to listen to me. Yeah. You're going to resist anything I try to get you to do, you know, that, so I can do it with other people, but I can't do it with you. And so if everyone had more personal accountability, That's and true. so here's the thing, Hafiz, you're good, like when it's really someone who's meant for you, yeah. when, it, when it really clicks, she's probably going to be in pain. She's probably going to have issues, but she's worth it. Yeah. So you stick around now, and, and, and this is where men could lead better, I think, and by saying, I really love you, I really believe in you, but you got to get some help. Yeah, so I, I, I think the point about personal accountability is yeah. extremely important because one of the things that I've realized is that there's all types of abuse. There's physical, there's emotional, yes. there's spiritual, there's sexual. So everyone has a degree. Some, yes. some people have, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a really amazing childhood. Me too. I have an, a really amazing experience. My, Me too. My, my only thing is a little bit of pride where I feel like I need to be the best ever, and that's why I'm mad. Right, <laughs> you know? Right. So, but there's still things I need to deal with. And so. But I, guess what, though? I don't mean to interrupt you, but people like us who have the good childhoods, and, and I don't know if you ever realized this. Yeah. Hafiz, you can tell when someone's had a good childhood. How? How can you tell? Smile. <laughs> Do you see that smile? <laughs> Do you see this smile? Yeah, yeah. That's the smile of someone who's had a good childhood. Mm. You don't realize it, but we're spiritual beings. Mm. People who have been through a lot of trauma, they don't have that. Yeah. They don't have it. They struggle to have that level of joy, that level of freedom of joy. Yeah. And it's a, it's a joy and peace that comes from minimal trauma. Yeah. And you can look at people and see that. Like yeah. the next time you're out and around and you just look at people and, and just look at their aura, look at their energy, you can see it. It's all over people. Yeah. And we tend to pick people who have more trauma. Cause no, that's, that's interesting because that was the first, well, I would say I hope she don't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> don't tune in, Tina. <laughs> this is the end of the episode for you if you're right. watching it. But no, I think that's that's what I realized, and that's what the point. I'm a little everywhere with this. I hope I can articulate myself clearly. This is where I'm all about as a man. You have your personal responsibility to be at your healthiest point. This is yes. my favorite author, is Jordan Peterson, and he says, "Be he said, have your own and." 
have your own home in perfect order before you criticize the world. Yes. Before you point the finger at somebody else and say, you need to do this, you need to do that. Yes, you as I a man that. need to have your own house order, your own life in order, your yes. spirit, financially, emotionally, all have it taken care of before you want to criticize somebody else. Yes. So I believe as a man, that's your personal responsibility. Right. But one of the biggest challenges that I feel as though is that when you meet a woman, and like I said, from my experience, I've experienced a lot of those women and a lot of... Because you attract them. Unfortunately. I'll, I'll tell you that. You attract <laughs> yeah. the troubled women yeah. because of your peace. Yes. And, and, so, and so, but to your point, what I learned was men desire peace. Yes. So the issue is that I'm a peaceful person. And then a lot of these women, they were used to being in chaos. They were used to being in these yep. uh, very abusive, aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope this girl isn't watching it. But I once met somebody who was abused by their mother, father, brother, and sister. And so, yep. it, and that's real talk. And 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 so, I really encourage guys after you've done the work. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be perfect, but she has to have an internal drive for herself to want to get healthier and better. You can't want it for them. And my biggest problem in today's world is so many people say they're going to healing, they're doing the work, but they're not doing the work. They're not doing the work. Because my biggest thing is like, I say it's like an athlete. If an athlete injures his arm or her leg and they went to therapy for a year, two years, and they they still can't play... You can't tell me this person's healed. No, because you can't play. Exactly. And for so many people, it's like they cannot date. They cannot interact with people. They cannot trust people again. You know, like, and so they have all this hurt and trauma. And I really want to challenge the men, especially the men who are angry at all women and obviously the women who like who are angry at all men. You got to heal. You have to have to heal because just like hurt people hurt people. Healed people heal people. Mm -hmm. So healing also begets healing. Like the reason you attract all these hurting women and drama-filled crazy women is because of your nature, which is why you do coaching, which is why you're doing this, right? It's, It's part of who you are. And so people are attracted to that because they want your peace. They want your joy. They want that. And And one of the things I'll say this especially for people who are really truly coaches or should be counselors or coaches or, or, or are healers, you have to be very careful about that in your personal life because they really mm. should be clients. Yeah. The women who are attracted to you, the real crazy and dramatic, mm. they really need to be, they need your professional help, Hafiz, yeah. but it's not, they're not right for you to date them. Yeah. But what's hard is that you're also attracted to them. Yeah. Because... The baddies be having all these daddy issues. Yes. Exactly. You're attracted to the baddies and the baddies got issues. And so, you know, the woman who's complimentary to you and your gifts and your nature and all of that, right, you know, at 29, you would look at her and be like, "Eh, she's all right, but she ain't all that right now. Like to you, she's just not all that. Because one of the things I have found is that the more beautiful a woman is the more abused she is. Why? Two things. She's more than likely been abused when she was a child mm. because there was a male predator around who saw a beautiful child because mm. she has been pretty her whole life. Mm. And she's been abused. Mm. Typically, physically, sexually, she's been abused. Then she grows up. She's now a beautiful young woman. She gets, has all this attention from men. Mm. 
So there's more opportunity for abuse because she's more desired. Mm -hmm. So in other words, there's more options and there's more uh, opportunity to be abused because Mm. you have all these men who want you, younger men, older men, all different types of men. Young girls don't make good choices in men. You know, they they go for the flashy guy, the gangster guy, the thug guy, the whatever it is, you know, mm. that floats their boat, but there's rarely ever a good choice. And so here's more abuse. Mm. And then, you know, here comes in ego and here comes in, you know, they date an athlete or they date, you know, so there's just all these layers to beautiful women, but there's just so much abuse because you date these type of dudes and it's just, it's not the good guys. Yeah. You know, beautiful women attract all the men, but yeah. they choose the bad guys. Why do they choose the bad guys in your opinion? Because the bad guys are handsome mm. and sexy with muscles and money. I'm good. <laughs> Just kidding. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but the you know, it's yeah. like that intrinsic kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. you know. I know what you're describing. Yeah, yeah because yeah. they're they're that guy. Yeah. And that guy knows he's that guy. Yeah. And that in that back to power, money, looks, all of that, you know, when you're younger, you're you're if they're coming for you, who are you gonna choose? Mm-hmm. It's not really even just their fault. Yeah. Because if if 20 guys are coming at her, who does she pay attention to? One with a Bugatti, why not? The, the one with the shiny ball syndrome, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Shiny, look at me, look yeah, at me. Yeah. And he smells good and he looks good and he's talking in her ear and it sounds good, but he's got all this yeah. other stuff that those guys don't have. Yeah. So it attra- it's like the local drug dealer, yeah. right? The local drug dealer growing up, he ain't struggling to find chicks, nope. right? Because he driving and whipping and and I'm just saying. Yeah. It's not until you get older that you're looking to say, What's your education level? <laughs> what what kind of job you got? Yeah. What kind of retirement plan are we gonna yeah. have? What you know? Th- th- this is mature thinking. Yeah. So beautiful women, and, and like I say, the more beautiful she is, the more likely she, the that she's got a lot of baggage. No, that's really good, and I I really feel as though women are gonna hate me. For they're gonna hate right. you for that, but it's it's a real reality because I I want to take it a little bit deeper because like you said. When you're when they're younger, they're more developed. They look a lot older, and like you said, that that unfortunate reality and and draws yep. in more predators. It's an unfortunate and more reality. attention. Yes, and then attention feeds ego. Mm-hmm. Ego causes people, not just women. Yeah. Ego causes people to always be reaching higher and higher yeah. and higher, and thinking what they deserve is more, more, yeah. more, more, more. And so you know. I, what I've noticed, like with a lot of pretty women, in that pretty to beautiful range, right? They and, and women don't like when I talk about this. Speak the truth, Rebecca. Why were you here? There's a difference between being pretty and being gorgeous. Oof. You know, mm. a lot of women will be like, "I'm pretty. I don't understand. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty." Like, yeah, you're pretty, and you're pretty with your clothes on. Yeah. But there's women who are drop dead gorgeous, but naked. Yeah. And that's a whole nother level. It's like the difference between a guy makes. Good money's eighty thousand dollars. There's some people who make eight eighty million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. It's like there, you know, and women don't understand that there's from a visual perspective. There's this spectrum mm-hmm. for men. You know, there's like levels to this. Yeah, yeah. I learned, and and what I'm speaking about really comes from matchmaking. Yeah. You know, because I would deal with very high net worth men, and they want a look. They want a woman. And and it, it is not you know you got to be able to put on a bikini yeah 
and be looking good on his arm in a bikini. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like And a tiny bikini. Tiny bikini, yeah. like little eye patch bikinis yeah, that just look piece. like yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. And 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 that's why women don't like this stuff, but it's like because they feel like, well, I deserve the millionaire too. Honey, the millionaire is looking for the fitness model that could wear an eye patch and be walk right through here. No cellulite, no <laughs> jiggle, yeah, yeah. no yeah, anything, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's just sitting <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I, yeah. I, this is my personal experience with this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm just like, women don't get it. Like, yeah. we, you need to swim in your lane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> swim in your yeah, lane. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Pope don't mind these stretch marks. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Pope don't mind this little bit of cellulite. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's men at certain levels who date at certain levels that is, you know, physically speaking, they're used to perfection. Yeah. And... Right or wrong, I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not saying that's right. It's just reality, you yeah. know. Um, but when it comes to beautiful women, you know, in this spectrum, I it's the more I, I swear I'm gonna in my next book that I do on love and relationships, I'm gonna put like a graph. It's <laughs> like I swear it's like a graph. Like yeah. the the more beautiful the woman is, the more crazy she is. <laughs> the more because the more pain, drama. Abuse, and I know that sounds horrible. No, no, it's it, it. I know it sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. It does sound horrible, and I know everybody's gonna come for me. <laughs> but it's like my personal experience. And it, and it's a, and the reality is that it's a lot of people's personal experience. And and when you really, you know, I'm retired, Rebecca. So I'm retired. <laughs> You're a retired I'm player. Retired. I'm retired. retired player. I'm in a happy relationship with an extremely beautiful girl. But but my but my girlfriend is first. She's kind of like what you described, like. She was, she's country. Yes. You know? So she wasn't in. Did you see what he's saying? <laughs> you know? So, and. First she's not had, corrupted. Yeah. So she's not American and, and she's country. She had a really amazing dad. Yeah. So she didn't really get to. I always told her if she was in, if she, if my girlfriend was in Atlanta. Grew up Say in Atlanta. It. You know Say what I mean? It. Like in today, because she's not even from, like, <laughs> like she'd be a whole, whole different di- with person. A whole different set of experiences. I'm trying to tell you. And and like I said, I don't want to get to her too much of her information out there. But, but no, it's the truth. So, but I that's all that's that's what I've dated, you know. <laughs> I told we Carrie yeah. Carrie Pope and I were at brunch yeah. the other morning, and we live in the city now. Yeah. And I, I said to him, I broke down like how different he would be if yeah. he had been in the city yeah. his whole life. Cause he's from the suburbs, the yeah. country and I'm more the city girl. Yeah. And I, I broke it down to how different he would be if he had lived in the city. And when I ran it all the way down for him, he was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see how that would be. I would be a very different person yeah. if I'd had those experiences yeah. that you're describing. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, I'm telling everybody from the city, you need to find you somebody from the <laughs> suburbs, somebody in the yeah. country, somebody. Not any of you girls from the city no, are bad people. No, we're not. <laughs> you're not. But like from a compatibility perspective, yeah. it's like, you know, if you're a man or a woman in the city, you're better off finding somebody that is yeah. not as experienced or is not, you know, yeah. um, as uh, adapted. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Especially adapted to this unfortunate modern environment. Exactly. So Rebecca, so the young men who are listening to the episode, they heard about healing. They heard about, they got to take care of their self, yeah. self-help and all this stuff. And they, they know they got to go to therapy and they're interested in a relationship and in a, in a woman. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some things from your personal experience that these young men need to make sure that they find they're looking for a female partner? I would say you need to be very careful about your own personal experiences. And I'll say this from my own perspective. 
because your brain adapts with each experience. Mm, that's so, great. So what happens is that, and I and and this is from my personal experience. I I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if I said it in the last last interview, but um, I was single. I met a man who was a retired athlete. I remember you telling me the one yes. again, the one saying five thousand dollars on. Chase. No, that's a different one. <laughs> but this guy, like, he was the flashy guy. Yeah. Okay, like the the cars, the houses, everything. And what men need to understand is there's guys like this who shine women on. Like mm. they they literally lay it on thick and. In that one experience, I dated him for several months, and I started to not like him because he wasn't authentic enough for me. Mm -hmm. There was I, all that flashy stuff is fine to get your attention, but yeah. then there's got to be substance, yeah. and it's got to be like more for me, you mm -hmm. know. And so I'm, I'm getting to know him, and I'm just kind of like, eh, this this ain't it, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I had a best friend, a guy best friend, who. I'll never forget, I broke up with that guy or stopped seeing him and I, and I met somebody else and he was like an engineer yeah. and like a professor at like a college. And um, we went on a date and I came home and my best friend, my best guy friend calls me, how the date go? Da, da, da. And I was like, eh, he's all right. You know, he drives a Ford Explorer. Mm -hmm. He's da, da, da. And my friend got really quiet. Like, what? Yeah. And he was, he was like, why did you just say that? He's like, that's not how you talk. That is not you. Yeah. No, what are what is going on with you? <sighs> and I literally, he checked me, right? Yeah. He, so he checked me, and it was like just that with one experience yeah. of this shiny, flashy, over-the-top guy, yeah. I had taken my preferences and my standards and put them here yeah. to say I deserve. Yeah. I so Rebecca, I, remember, let's pause real quick. Let's let's remember the question I asked you because I, I don't want to get lost in this. Let me tell you a story that happens in Atlanta. Okay. What happens in Atlanta is that a lot of these guys with money, they like you said, laid on thick to a lot of different women. Yes. But the thing I is, was like one of ten for and, that guy. And so what happens is it's all a lot of times it's just sex and just casual things. But what happens is the women they think that this guy really wants to be with them. Yes. So now it sets a whole new standard. So he you know never you have, wanted to be with me. So now you have a whole bunch of guys making all these women think, I deserve baller or bust. This is my new standard. Yes. of, But I just got to find the guy who's the good guy and all the yes. other intrinsic stuff that I was yes. missing with this guy. Yes. Not realizing... Back to apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. This is not boyfriend material. This is not husband material. This is that F boy dude mm -hmm. that you just play with. But that's not how women think. Mm. They don't think like that. So they don't categorize these guys like this. They And this is what I saw in matchmaking. They're coming to me wanting that guy mm. with all the other intrinsic values yeah. of being faithful and loving and kind and all the other stuff they're looking for that wasn't in that guy. Wow. And I'm like, you're looking for Superman. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't exist. And if it does exist, he doesn't want you. Mm. He has too many options and he doesn't want you. Or he's been married for 20 years <laughs> because he got locked down a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but but that is a real experience to where... The human mind has the ability to have like one experience and now that becomes the standard. That becomes, that the, new becomes norm. the new norm. Yeah. And if I had not had a friend to check me about it, 
He's like, you're that little girl from Ohio. Yeah. Like, cut it out. Yeah. Do not start acting like this. Because he'd been in Atlanta for a long time. Yeah. And he was like, Rebecca, no, please mm-hmm. do not turn into that girl. Man, and the sad reality is I meet so many girls like that in Atlanta. And they have one or two experiences with a rapper or an athlete. And it creates this whole new standard for men. And then, like you said, they reject so many great men who would be great matches for them because they want, you know, hood Jesus. <laughs> I agree. And, and one of the things that was also I became aware of when my friend was kind of checking me about this is that you literally think that you deserve that just by who you are. Mm. So there's this because you all you did was be pretty mm-hmm. to get that man's attention. All you didn't it you didn't have to have you if you're a beautiful woman you didn't have to have anything else going on for you because they don't care about those things. Yeah. The, that dude, yeah. the player dude, yeah. does not care about anything else. Yeah. So now just being a pretty girl, I deserve this. That is so flawed, mm. and it, it is so jacked up. And if you go, you take that experience at 25, and then you start only dating in that direction. Well, you know, then like you say, by the time she's meeting some really good guys, she's completely dismissing. And then them. you add into the social media generation where you, you you maybe be twenty years old and they're sliding in your DMs in mass, sending a hundred DMs a day. So That's now right. you got a DM from you know freaking you know J.R. Smith or you know some yeah. some some super celebrity. And now all of a sudden that feeds your value. I remember. There yes. was this, and we got to get back to the advice for the guys, but I remember there was this girl on Tinder, and she had a picture of her next to Odell Beckham. Oh, God. Smiling. That was her pic. <laughs> and, yeah, and her caption, her caption was, I effed Odell Beckham. Get on my level. <laughs> so because, Are you serious? I, can't, I wish I would have seen that picture, but so she literally... Was under the idea because I had sex with this guy. Now I'm on this top-notch chick level, and you guys gotta get on my level. Wow! Yeah, the world is changing, Rebecca. Um, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, but it's real. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you're talking about is very real. Now, for the back to the fellas' advice. So yeah. this is why I said you have to mind your experiences because. What happens is that men chase girls like that, mm. the baddies, yeah. who've had those experiences with those tricking off dudes, mm-hmm. and now you're chasing behind the girl, but you're not on that level. Oof. So now here comes rejection. Here comes you feeling like you're not good enough. Here comes Man. affecting your self-esteem. Mm. When you're really a really great guy, but now, but now you sleep with one baddie. If you get lucky. If you get lucky. <laughs> you become friends with one baddie. Yep. And you're like secretly in love with her, but she, she's friend zoned you a long time ago. Yeah. But you hang around her. You see her. Mm. That becomes your subconscious standard mm. for what you want. Wow. And what the epitome of everything. And you Now, they do the same thing that the women were doing in matchmaking. Mm. They're saying... I want a baddie, but I want her to have all the virtues and intrinsic mm-hmm. personalities and values that's missing yes. from my friend. Yes. They do the exact same thing. And they don't realize it when they're doing it because it's like you're opening yourself up to this experience and now that becomes your standard. Now you chase, you want a stripper body. Mm. 
but you want Mother Teresa <laughs> in a stripper body. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You know, with with like you say, social media and everything, the baddies and their their profiles on Instagram and everything yeah. else. Yeah. They got so many men coming at them, you know, they don't know if they're coming or going. (laughs) But yet now that's what you like because you've created an appetite and a standard for this that is here. And now you always chasing it. But then you're saying women are like this. Women are like that. Mm -hmm. When I hear men talk about and very overly generalized women are like this. Women are like that. I'm like, who you who you chasing? Who are you talking to? Because it's definitely not like your average sweet girl, the bank teller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's just not. It, it, you're talking about very entitled, superficial women. And men, you're superficial too because yeah. you chasing the body. But then you have conversations with her and there ain't a lot there. Yeah. It, it, it's not a lot going on yeah. to, to pull you in. It's just the looks. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's really good. And... So I think guys definitely got to take it into consideration. While you were talking, and guys, this episode is everywhere, but I love this. I know, I right? love this. But while you are talking, I had an idea. You are a very successful woman, and I, want, I definitely want you to close with that Haiti story. I, I, I'm so obsessed with that story. But you're a very successful woman. And what I've realized is that a lot of successful women, they struggle in dating. Yeah. Because a lot of them want a man who is equally on their level, equally yoked, as they would say it. Mm. And, and what they fail to realize, you talked about in previous episodes, that the financial standard that you have for men, men don't have for women. Mm-hmm. And so in, in your opinion, for the, for the woman who's successful and competent, who's struggling, do you believe that she needs to remove the financial standard if it's just if she really don't like it? I say date like a man. Okay. If you're a really highly successful woman who's doing very well financially, you can't, men don't date with those standards. You date with who makes you happy. You what date, if she can't get over that? She's like, I don't want to, I want somebody on my level. Good luck. <laughs> Have at it. Go for what you want. But I'm just letting you know that your pool of men that are making the kind of money you're making is so slim to none. And then those men don't want you because a lot of them are doing so well. Pussy and money. Okay. This is the the equalizer. Mm -hmm. This is what comes in. Women use pussy, vagina, Mm -hmm. to say, oh, I got him with this sex, Mm -hmm. right? Men use money. Yeah. So money is this equalizer. Men get access to women that they would never have access to because of money. That's so true. Women do it because men will sleep with just about anything. That's true. And especially if it's private or secret and no one has to know. Mm-hmm. So I've seen women who are fives, yeah, but they're sleeping with a dude who's a nine. Yeah. She's got these ridiculous standards because she actually thinks this means that a man on that level would be with her, mm. but he would never be with her. He's mm. just using her for sex, but yeah. she thinks because her vagina has mm. given her access mm. to these men here that this is the new standard. Men, money. They would never have access to these women, but the money gives them access to this. Mm. So for women who are very successful and you want to only date those men Mm. in that pool, that men men with money have access to women that are not on their level. Do you think he wants you? Unless you're a drop-dead gorgeous successful woman who 
has the body and all this, the looks to go along with your money. And even then they hardly still want you because they feel like they're in competition with you. Mm. And there's all this, this underlying dynamic around men don't look at it like, let's be a power couple. That's a woman thing. <laughs> Man, that is real, Rebecca. People, I think a lot of women don't realize that. that. Men don't think like that. Mm. That You know, your, your powerful, successful man making money, he wants a woman for peace yeah. and love and great sex and stroke his ego and he's proud to have her on his arm when he goes out. It's kind of like that whole package, you know, for mm. men thing. But that's about it. <laughs> and, it and as long as you're like a really great woman, you can be great friends and you, you know, y- y- the compatibility is there, is there and everything. Thing, but he's not looking at another millionaire woman like, <laughs> let me be with her because she's a millionaire. Yeah. That is not how men think. Mm. And so women, you know, if you're doing that, it's it's very lonely because mm. first of all, there's not a lot of men in those categories. And then on top of that, like I say, you're going to be chasing men who don't want you. Mm. So I, I, I mean, women don't like it, but you have to understand this is back to non-traditional very successful women making very good money, owning companies or having very high salaries and very high titles, you know, in these companies and stuff. That's new. Yeah. That's you're in the last 50 years. Yeah. That is that is not that this is modern. Yeah. That is not traditional. You're not a traditional woman. I did a video on boss chicks have to date differently. Yeah, watch and it. it's just the truth. Like if you're out here trying to date traditionally, you have to understand you are not traditional. Mm. By the fact of the amount of money you make and the titles you have, you are not traditional. Yeah. And if you keep trying to date traditional, you're going to be very lonely. That's awesome. So in closing... I feel as though this is a great conversation. You're so exceptional. <laughs> but I feel as though right in this current season, a lot of people, especially men, are str- like struggling financially. They're struggling yeah. with opportunities. They're struggling. They want to establish themselves, you know, yeah. financially and emotionally and all that stuff. But a lot of men are struggling. And your story, your Haiti story. What's uh, my Haiti story? The construction company. Oh, yeah. Was so impactful how you took a difficult season yeah. and use it to make great opportunity. And I want, I want to, you to tell that story, to encourage okay. people to be able to understand that no matter what the circumstances, yeah. that you can be able to achieve great things. Definitely. So no matter where you're at right now, no matter where you're at right now, I don't care if you're down to your last dollar. So your, your wife just left you. Your girlfriend just broke up with you. You lost your job. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have the opportunity to decide where your life is going. You have the opportunity to decide to create your new reality. Um, I had come through the recession, um, a job, a corporate job where I was typically making $120,000, $130,000 a year was down to like fifty. dollars mm. uh, I couldn't take care of my kids. I had downsized like three times and was still struggling. Um Car was about to be repossessed. I was hiding the car around the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know how you park your car yeah, somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Look, maybe y'all ain't been through what I've been through, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was that, you know, it was that bad. Mm. And um, and I'll never forget, I didn't even have furniture in my living room. That's mm. how bad things are. I had sold the furniture. Wow. That's how bad things were. And I was I laid out on the floor in my living room and um and I was literally so just at that breaking point. Like, I just didn't know what to do. I, I had tried everything. And I was crying. I was laying, laying, laying fast, face down, laid out on the floor, crying. And as I cried, then I was like, this peace came. And I just, I was just still, because I'm just like, 
praying, like, God, I need help. What am I going to do? And um, as this piece came, I just began to envision this construction company. Mm. And I didn't have any money. I didn't have anything. I literally, as I began to dream of this construction company, all I could afford was to get a business card. You remember like Vistaprint, yep, how you yep, could get yep, like yep, a ton of cards for, for like, like $10? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I could afford. Yeah. Like literally, I, I had no money to invest in this. And I got this business card and it said RL Construction and Supply. And uh, my my married name at the time in, that I was still going by and it said President. Mm-hmm. I just put this on the card. That's it. I didn't have anything else. <laughs> but from that point forward, this dream began to just build in me. And everybody that would talk to me, they were like, oh, what do you do? I own a construction company. I own a construction supply company. I just began to say that I owned this company. Well, what do you do? What do you do? What can you do? And literally just by speaking it and believing it and saying it and being bold enough, it, and it's kind of like that willingness to look crazy. Mm-hmm. But you can manifest whatever you desire by simply beginning to believe it Mm. and believe it with your whole heart and put everything into it. The um, earthquake hit Haiti and I had made some connections through my construction contacts down there. I knew one person in Haiti and he said, you should come down here. We really need a lot of construction supply in the recovery from the earthquake. You should come down here. I can introduce you to some people. Everyone thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. My family thought I was nuts. You're going where? Mm-hmm. You know, Haiti was not stable. Yeah. It wasn't safe, you know. Um, and I literally flew down to Haiti knowing one person. He met me at the airport, got me to my hotel, And from that point, I literally began to make connections and just meet with different companies um, there in Haiti. One person I met with ended up, and I didn't even know it at the time, being the largest contractor in Haiti to do the the reconstruction. They liked me. (laughs) I liked them. From one lunch, literally, the first order they gave me was like a $5 million order. Sheesh. And that was the first order for my for my company. Wow. So within three years of crying on the floor, mm. that company that was only in my dreams, mm. only in my head, yeah. became a seven-figure construction and supply company mm. within three years from that time. Yeah. And it's like, and I so I tell people all the time that when you understand the power of your thoughts, your words, and your faith, that yeah. when you begin to apply, if you're willing, like if you, if right now, if you're not a millionaire, but you're willing to say I'm a millionaire mm-hmm. before it's ever even come, yeah. if you're willing to put that out there, it's going to manifest. Yeah. But most people are too afraid to look crazy yeah. and for people to judge and criticize. And it's yeah. like, oh, you're not a millionaire. You don't, you don't, what construction yeah. company you own? I just, I've always been a very bold and courageous person. And I just yeah. put it out there and it manifested. And the reason why I wanted to share that story is the tight, the tightest episode full circle that it goes back to the mindset. Yes. Whether it's dating, whether it's in business, whether it's yes. spirituality, like bad things happen, yes. difficult things happen, yes. hardships happen, pain happens. But if you always have yeah. the mindset that you can succeed, Definitely. the mindset to also put in the work, yes. the sacrifices, you can be able to achieve so much Anything. amazing things in life in spite of whatever situation you're going through. Definitely. And and here's the thing that's interesting. And I thought about this this morning because I knew we would be on together today. Yeah. And I said, 
I was someone who never really focused that much on love and relationships. Mm, I need I need someone to hear me on this. That's interesting. I'm a love and rela- you know relationship expert, but I never made it a huge priority because in my mindset, I believed that love was for me and that when it was the right time, love would come. Mm. And so by default, I manifested love and the greatest love of my life by simply believing that it was for me, that, yeah. that it was never being going to be held for me, that when it was the right person at the right time, it was going to come. And my outlook, so it's kind of like set it and forget it. Yeah. So as I'm dating people and it didn't work out, it was never in the back of my mind, like I'm not ever going to be married again, or mm. I'm never going to meet a loving, wonderful man. Yeah. It's going to come when it's the right time. But it was that it was like literally by default, I had faith in that area and I would just leave it alone. Yeah. But that's also why I had such a great time dating. Yeah. Because I wasn't like pressed. Mm. I wasn't like, oh, I got to make this happen or I've got to be married by this age or I've got to have kids. So literally your mindset about anything, if you keep saying there's no good women or if Mm. you keep overgeneralizing, then what you're doing is you're blocking your blessings Mm. from God bringing, I don't care if she's a unicorn. She might be one in a million. That's what I got. But God's (laughs) got that, right? That's what I got. (laughs) God's got that for you if you believe it. If you believe it. Don't pay attention to statistics, research. If you believe it, it's real for you. And that's what you will manifest and attract. But if you keep saying there's no good men, there's no good women, well, then why are you dating? Yeah. <laughs> if you re- if those kind of words are coming out of your mouth, you're going to continue to attract really horrible ex- experiences mm. because you don't believe there's any good people. So true, Rebecca. So change your mindset, change your outlook, get positive, mm. and reap the rewards. And heal. Heal. Because <laughs> a positive mindset is about healing too. Mm. Because people don't realize it, but a lot of negative thinking is based in trauma yes. and pain. Yes. So heal. Man. Rebecca, you are so exceptional. Thank you're you so amazing. Much. You're an all-time you. favorite. Where can they reach out to you at, Rebecca? I know a lot of people want to hit you up after okay. this one again. So, guys, listen. I have got Abundant Life coaches ready to help people. Yeah. I've got coaches I've trained and certified to help people. I'm not doing any one-on-one love and relationship coaching. I'm writing books. I'm training. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can find me at Rebecca Limpo. Mm-hmm. And follow me on Instagram and on uh, YouTube. We're pushing to our first 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Let's make it happen. Um, But as far as like working with with me one-on-one, I'm not there. I've backed away. It was just getting too slammed. Um, But definitely I have another book coming out for coaches. Um, If you are somebody that feels that you're a healer or feels that you're someone who needs to be making a difference in all of this, then I... because. Hafiz can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. I can't do it alone. We need people to step up and be accountable and responsible to make a difference, which means leadership, yeah. which means we need the healers of the world to step into position to have these conversations yeah. and to do the work yeah. to help people to heal. Yeah. And if more healers will do that, then we'll be able to begin to change the world and heal the world in a much mightier way. So mm. that is my message. <sighs> Guys, make sure if you have not hit the subscribe button on Rebecca Lynn's channel, you watch this video. You guys, you guys are doing her a disservice. Make sure you subscribe to The Roommate. Subscribe to Rebecca Lynn's channel, guys. Send her a DM. Send her a message. Show her this love and really appreciate love and appreciation for her coming on the podcast. Thank Don't you. forget, guys, my series, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
um, Less Than Whisper Big Brother Taught Me About Women. My name is Hafiz, and I'm joined by Rebecca Lynn Pope. And we are the roommates, and have a great day.